Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, or shall I say good morning. I'm getting my days confused. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicament Blog Talk Radio, where I first want to thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me and waking me up this morning. Secondly, I want to thank my loyal listeners for listening. I'm trying to get this stuff all clothes are hanging all off. So I'm trying to get used to all of this stuff, and I know I'm late posting stuff, but bear with me. I have some really good information that I would like to share with my listeners and my audience. So again, my name is Jeanette Abney, and today is Tuesday, and on Tuesday is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch, where you'll receive biblical teachings from individuals as well as myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage family therapist. Now, today's topic is entitled Dealing with Anger. Now, when we talk about anger, for some reason, individuals really don't like to talk about that word. And a lot of times it's because it is a word that individuals either we overuse, we misuse, because it's that a lot of individuals do not understand. Now, we all have experienced some type emotions, and anger is one of them. And we all have experienced anger at some point of our lives, meaning such can become, and the anger can become a real problem, especially if we don't see it. Now, sometimes the anger can start off as a harmless feeling, meaning I wasn't thinking much about it, it wasn't a big deal. However, it can quickly turn into something else that could be very dangerous. And it can also be difficult to control. Now, today's show is designed to address anger as it relates to one's belief, because today is Tuesday when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch for believers and non-believers. We know anger is an emotion. We also know that it is a valid emotion. So I'm not telling individuals that you should not feel angry about certain things, but anger can be used to motivate you or anger can be used to get you in trouble. And there's a lot of things going on in this world that we should have some type of feeling or emotion as it relates to a lot of things that is going on today. So we're going to be addressing that because many individuals have this perception and believe that it could be a sin to be angry. But the problem is it's not a sin to be angry per se, but again, we're going to be discussing that. As such, one may deny feeling angry, by which the feeling may not go away, and it can be taken on other individuals in relationships as well as how a person feels or perceives certain things. So let's get on with the show. Now, I've got so many different gadgets going on, and I'm waiting on Lady T to call in, which Lady T now telling me she's in Vegas, so I'm going to still need her to call in, even though she got, she indicates she got loud noise, so I'm going to tell her no problem, because I waited to the last minute to get this stuff done, so I'm not going to say I'm angry with myself, but I could have did a little better with trying to get this information out, and I didn't. But if you want to call in on the show, give me a call at 516-387-1914 because I would love to hear your thoughts. I want to know what you're doing. I want to know what upsets you, how you handle it, how you deal with it. I was talking to a friend this morning, and I try not to let people push my buttons, and I was sharing that the one thing that gets me is expectations. When I expect something, we have a conversation about something, or someone say they're going to do something and they don't follow through, that's one of my pet peeves that bothers me. So I am very big on people being a man or a woman of their word, meaning if you're going to do it, if you say you do it. If you can't do it, just don't do it or just tell somebody. Now, when we start talking about anger, and dealing with anger, I have some information that I want to share with you guys. And it's coming from, and Joyce Meyer says this, and she talks about dealing with anger God's way. Because one of the things is 
when we come overly religious or overly spiritual, people believe that you're not supposed to feel a certain way or you're not supposed to do things a certain way. I remember one time my sister years ago was at a food place and a woman brought a dog into the restaurant. And my daughter, my sister was like, I don't want to be eating food or being around food when there's animals in the place. So the lady said to my sister, thank God I'm a Christian. And my sister was like, oh, now you want to be a Christian? After she had literally pretty much cussed her out. But the woman was offended by the comment that my sister had made about a dog being a Popeye's. Who wants to eat in pretty much you got dog hair practically everywhere? So a lot of times individuals think because of their religious belief or religious preference that they're not supposed to feel a certain emotion, and that's not true. But one of the things, and Joyce Myers talks about this in this article, and she said that, again, we all have experienced um, anger at some point in our lives, and she talks about how it can be a problem, but she also talks about how God's help, we can learn how to deal with our feelings and walk in his peace. Because the problem is like the anger, like stress, like anxiety, depression, all stuff can turn into something else and it can eat us up. Now, a lot of times individuals don't like to admit they may be feeling some kind of way about something. And uh, my, my other friend got this thing of you feel some kind of way. So we start talking about that. But we got to acknowledge how we feel. And we have to be aware of these feelings and these emotions. And that comes in place a part with regulating your emotions appropriately. Like I said, you're going to feel something. You know, we're sitting there and I'm sitting here now watching the news and, you know, individuals didn't want to accept that Biden won the presidency. You've got people that are angry about that. Nothing that they can do about it. He won. But individuals don't want to deal with that because most of the time people feel that they got something to gain or something to lose and it can become a problem. So we have to learn how to operate in what's called self-control, which means that it doesn't mean that things are going to always go our way, but sometimes we have to learn how to manage that and manage our feelings. Now, I asked and I proposed the question, is it a sin to be angry? And one of the things that she talks about is it's that she'll never forget a particular warning that happened and something that happened and she was um, continued or people made her feel that people shouldn't be feeling a certain kind of way. And then what happened is Anger can turn into guilt, and when it turns into guilt, a lot of times individuals feel like they don't want to be around people or they don't know how to deal with this. But in the scripture, she indicated, and she it says here, how could I possibly go to church and tell others to conduct their lives according to scripture when I can't control my anger? And a lot of times that's the problem. Other people are watching, looking, listening to what other people are doing. Now, the feeling of guilt not only continued, but sometimes it can become intensified. And as the pressure mounts, sometimes individuals have to, you got to check yourself. It goes like that. Someone say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And that can be a problem. Now, anger is not a sin. It is what you do when you become angry. That becomes a sin. And that's where it makes a big difference. One of the things she was saying is that God brought her to Ephesians. And when she went to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26 to 27, and and that was when she indicated she saw the verses a different way than she ever had before. And the Bible says, when angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath your aspiration, your fury, or your indignation lasts until the sun goes down. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give some opportunity to him. So what happens is when you start feeling some kind of way, if you start, you know, stuffing your feelings, if you start trying to deny it, project it on, it grows. I tell individuals, like I said, I'm a licensed But I also conduct the 52-week Batters Intervention Program for domestic violence, 
anger management, child abuse, and parenting and co-parenting. And a lot of times when individuals are in a relationship, they find it very complicated to communicate with another person, and they can become frustrated. Some individuals, we have what's called this tension building. Well, first we get frustrated with tension building. Then we get the battering. Then we go through the honeymoon period. But a lot of it has to do with our emotions. Some individuals have certain anger styles, meaning we have individuals that what they'll do is they'll bottle it and cap it. Some individuals will do what's called a bottle and blast. Individuals are like TNT, like I used to be. I get pissed off in its own. And then some individuals will give you the silent treatment, meaning you can be down there upset about something because they don't want to talk about it. They just get silent. Then you have individuals that have where well, they will either nag and carp, they fuck and complain about everything, and they just have what's called the kick the dog. They get mad and they take it out on somebody else, and that's not cool either. But you have to be aware of your anger style, meaning what do you do? Do you become verbal? Do you get out on other people? Do you Because just because you're in a church don't mean that it's not going to come out, even when you're in the pulpit. Now, one of the things that Joyce Myers, as she talks about, is dealing with anger at its onset, meaning when you start feeling it, know how it affects your body, and then deal with it when it comes on. Because some individuals have been so upset for so long that they don't even realize they're angry. And I know a lot of people like that. It's growing up in Compton. My mother was like that. And individuals don't want to be labeled as an angry person, and they had this, say, an angry black woman, but they didn't realize what a lot of the black women had been through, what they had experienced. A lot of that stuff some people were still holding on to, which was coming out in the way they reacted or responded to certain things, especially in their tone, the way they spoke to another. But you have to deal with it. When it first, when you're first noticing that you are becoming upset about something. When we talk about these things, he also goes into Proverbs. And Proverbs 16 32 says, Is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit is he who takes a city. So, meaning, just because you're upset about something or you're angry about something, don't mean you have to react and respond right now. Sometimes we got to sit back, we got to wait, and we got to I tell individuals what happens is we feel, we act, and then we think. We would probably have a different response if we feel it, then think about it, then act or respond to it. Now, in regards to this information, it talks about a person who rules their spirit demonstrates self-control. Self-control is the fruit of the spirit that's given to us to help us control ourselves. I, um, I wish Dr. Lisa Romain would call, call in because she knows when I get hungry, I get hangry. And she would tell me, you need that, you know, or you need something because I, I get moody when I get angry, I mean, when I'm hungry. I know that sometimes people can lose self-control, so I try not to take it out on other people. This means that when we feel a certain way, we can choose not to act on it if, if we know it's the word of God. Meaning, if you you know you shouldn't be out there acting a fool, you know you don't need to be around people until you get your mind right or you fix your attitude or get get some things together. But sometimes what we'll do, we'll go out there, spread that venom. Because a lot of times, sometimes we have, have been that way for so long, we don't recognize it. So it's important to understand that if you let your feelings, especially anger, get into a rage, then you may be able, or you might not be able at that point, to control yourself. So that's why it's vital to learn to recognize the warning signs and stop to it when those feelings first begin. So you've got to be aware of it. And one of the things is she indicates that he has given us the tips of his word and how to go about using those words and talking about, and I like this, how to stay 
calm and collected. I remember, and may she rest in peace, Miss Sarah Porter's was notorious giving me books. No matter what was going on, whatever she thought I needed to know, she would give me a book. She gave me a book entitled How to Stay Calm, Cool, and Collected as a Businesswoman, a Business Person. And I had that book for years, wasn't even thinking about becoming a business owner or a businesswoman. But I remember when I ran across the book, I looked at it, and it said, this book may be important to you now, later, or 10 years from now. The interesting part was I found the book when I was a business owner, and it gave me some tips and tools how to see things from a different perspective, because it's like being a kid and you tell your kids you're hot-headed. I did that meant when I was a kid, or a parent telling a child, well, you know you're out of control. Well, kids don't know what that means. What do you mean I'm out of control? I'm, I'm pissed off. I'm upset. They're not doing what I want them to do. Now, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, instructs us to take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ before it becomes a stronghold on our mind. Therefore, before it becomes a stronghold on our mind, in other words, we can choose what we're going to think and draw. And a lot of people do that. They dwell on things. Like again today, I'm disappointed, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm gonna do better. When people, I mean, I don't want to just go around and not believe. Tell me if they say they gonna do something, I'm, I'm trying not to go there. But I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. I'm gonna keep my little circle small, and I'm gonna continue to stay blessed, God willing. And I'm not gonna let things like that upset me, bother me when someone say that they're going to do something. That is what it is. Because we can continue to fuel our angry emotions with strong thoughts, or we can take a stand with God's help, refuse to allow the situation to get out of control. Now, so when you feel yourself getting upset, the sooner you say no to those thoughts, the better and the quicker you do that, instead of letting the anger control you, you can pray. You can say something like, God, please help me. I know being upset is not going to get me anywhere. This person may have hurt my feelings. That was wrong. But I am not going to act on this. And with your grace and strength, I'm going to control myself. And I'm going to trust you to take care of the situation. Other times we get so caught up, we get so into our feelings, we stop trusting God because we started trusting what a person said that they was going to do. And one of the things that, and you talk about this because I'm reading this from the website she put this on, and she indicated that she wanted to increase this also, in order to not be so angry sometimes, we have to learn how to forgive those who have hurt us. And that is one of the biggest things that is hard for a lot of people to do because sometimes people just don't know no better. They really don't. And earlier, even the information that I had wrote down that I wanted to add to the show, not only about anger being universal, and anger can be dangerous because if you take anger, the word A-N-G-E-R, and you put a D in of it, you got danger in front of anger. But processing unresolved anger. A lot of times that unresolved anger is a plays a role because we find it hard to forgive individuals whom we feel have, you know, done us wrong, said things, or perhaps may have disappointed us in some kind of way. So one of the things is we get to learn how to forgive and learn how to let go of any angry feelings that we're holding on to and place those situations in God's hands. I always say people don't know better. They really don't. And just because you may be a friend to some individuals don't mean that they're going to be that same friend to you. I mean, I know how to be a friend, you know. So I always look at things from a point of view of I prefer to kind of have some insight into what I'm dealing with or who I'm dealing with, and if I don't, leave it alone. Now, 
we can trust God to be our vindicator. God is better than our feelings, and he has given us self-control so we can walk in peace and experience his perfect love when we need it most. So the point that I'm trying to make is a lot of times it don't make no sense to hold on to that anger because it can eat you. And not only will it eat you up, and I was talking about how to stay calm collected, it sounds good. And I know a lot of times individuals struggle with that. And part of it is because they don't want to let some things go sometimes because sometimes it's, they feel like they're, it's a payoff. It's a reward in order to hold it on to these things. So even though we're talking about dealing with anger, we have to find a way to deal with it before it deals with us. And I want to throw this out there before I talk about some other um, things in regard to this topic is we have to avoid self-medicating. And people self-medicate in a lot of different ways. And the most way that I find that it happens, especially in my field, is through drug and alcohol use. So a lot of times people get set, and the first thing they say is, I need a drink. Or they want to go run and do something. And when I say run, they would either run away from the problem because they try to avoid conflicts in regards to communicating with a person that they feel may have upset them or done them wrong, but you go either run to run or run with. But you can't run from everything. Sometimes we just got to sit, we got to acknowledge, we got to deal with it. But using drugs and alcohol will make it worse. They, there's a saying that a drunk speaks a sober mind, and that is so true. And I used to always say, even if you get drunk, even if you get high, once your high go down, are you drunk and just go away? You got to deal with the same situation. So sometimes we gotta find other ways. Self-medication can be in relationship. Sometimes what people do is they'll jump in and out of relationships. People cannot fix your pain. Only God can. So running to go try to get you a new or find you a new woman or that's not gonna fix that anger that you have deep rooted inside of you because it's gonna come out even with that person. So. I used to say go to the casino. That don't work. It made me feel good. I have been, so I don't want to go to the casino. So we got to find other ways to to deal with these things and be self-medication or self-medicating ourselves. And so I want to share some information. And, again, if you want to join in on the conversation, give me a call, 516-387-914, because I do want to hear what you have to say related to this. And even though I'm not working right now, but if you want to talk to me, even for, as a therapist, in terms of Jeanette, these are some of the things that I'm dealing with. This is some of the things I can't control. It's been bothering me. I'm trying to release it. We can talk about it. Give me a call. Now, I want to share five biblical steps to controlling your anger. And I found this in an article. And it was written by an individual by the name of Donald Franklin. And he is the founding pastor of a church in Pennsylvania. And one of the things that he talks about, again, it happens to all of us. A lot of times we just don't want to eat it. We don't want nobody to know. It doesn't make you an angry person because you're feeling something or you're having an emotion about something. Because it happens to us. Someone can hurt us. They can wound us. Offend us, or individuals can be frustrated by someone or something, and we become very angry about it. The anger gets us in a grip, and sometimes it won't let go. It's like I say, get your claws, you know, get your get your foot, get your, get your, get your, get your neck, get up, just let me go. And it seems to take over our mind, and we just can't stop thinking about. And it's like, it's like you're saying, carrying it around a 100-pound weight strapped to our back that we can't get rid of. It. And that's what a lot of people do. Now, it goes into one of the most teachings of the Bible is prominent in both the Old and the New Testament. That is 
We cannot afford to continue carrying that weight around or carrying that anger around all our lives. We got to drop. We got to let it go. Psalms 37, 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath and not fret it only causes So I got a caller calling in. Thank you because I am tired of talking to myself. Talking to myself. Good afternoon. This is Jeanette. Good Welcome afternoon. to the How are you doing? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really good. What would you like to add to this what topic as we're talking to dealing with anger? And thank you for calling in. So if I didn't get a chance to put information out on Facebook, social media. So however you found me, so I appreciate you calling in. So let's talk about this with dealing with anger. Well, you know, I, I dealt with anger for a long time in my life. Uh you know, I I blamed everybody for everything. You know, I, I you know, I think there's uh you know, I could find the speck in somebody's eye, but I couldn't look at the plank in my own, you know. But, you know, I, I dealt with that for a long time. And uh, finally, after years and years of just being bitter, you know, it, it's a wonder I didn't drop dead of a heart attack. You know, I helped, mm-hmm. you know, that anger, that rage, that hatred, you know what I mean? It just builds. It kind of builds like a storm, you know, in you. Yeah. And um, my wife finally said to me, she says, you know, you're going to drop dead of a heart attack. And nobody really cares, to be honest with you. They, they go on about their lives, and you hold on to that like luggage. Yes. And I, yes. I, I, I sat and I thought about that for a long time. She says, you're making yourself miserable. You're making me miserable. You're making the children miserable. And she said, you're robbing yourself of life. Wow. You know what? And you're robbing yourself of and a lot of people don't realize that. And that was one of the things that I meant to talk about. Is that anger affects relationships. And a lot of people are not aware of it. Oh, yes, it does. When your wife brought that to your attention, what was your thought? I, I, I didn't hear you. When your wife brought it to your attention your that it was affecting her, your children, and it, was, it could cause you to have and some physical health problems. Well, at at first I was like, well, how dare you say that to me? <laughs> because I, and I, 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 I honestly, I didn't realize how it was really affecting me. And mm-hmm. then, you know, after I thought about it for a long time, you know, because I'm going to be honest with you, I, at a young age, I was the guy always running away from home, you know, at like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, I, I ran away so many times it wasn't even funny, you know? And so I didn't realize how I carried things from a younger age into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it, but it takes a lot of reflection, but I think you have to open up and, and, and want to really change, you know, like, Anybody can listen to advice, but you have to really take that advice and really make the changes. So, you know, you can read a library of books, but unless you take those steps to make those changes, nothing's going to change. And a lot of times individuals will avoid talking to that person because they don't want to hear than to do something about it because the one who is damaged the most by anger is themselves and they're not even aware of it. And they're not even aware of it. They're used to it. Right. You, you, me, I'm talking about me. I had to be open enough to listen to my wife and to my children, you know, and take criticism, you know, and, and accept what I've done wrong, you know, and, and, and say, I'm sorry and, and want to make the changes. And let me tell you, when you make those changes, you're going to find the things. And when you release that anger, oh, my gosh, <laughs> life changes 180 degrees. It really does. And, and the forgiveness, you know, I used to think it was nonsense when people would say, you're, you're forgiving for yourself. Well, there's a lot of truth to that because when you release that weight that you've been carrying around, you feel like uh-huh. a new person. And so you, you really have to let that anger go because, you know, whether, whether they knew what they've done to you or not, it really isn't on them. It's on nope. you because no, I, I, can keep a, I can keep a record of a million things people have done to me, 
But what mm-hmm. does it really do? It just hurts me. You know, Charles Wendell wrote a poem, and he talks about attitude. And he talks about, and at the end of it, he says, it's 10% of what a person does, 90% of how you respond to action. So sometimes we're exactly. keeping our own. We're holding on. They don't know what they like. They're not even thinking about you. Feel mad about something that they do or said, and it's not affecting them. It's not affecting them. It's not your life. Now I want to read something now, I read about the Bible. The Bible talks about and it's seven do not do not Meaning all of us must confront at some point in our lives. Our lives and we have to from the grip of anger when someone has deeply hurt or frustrated us. And they talk about what is Acknowledging your anger. You have to acknowledge it. So you sit about running away. It reminded me of being a kid. I used to want to run away. I used to run away. We didn't have to run away. We like get out. And you should call family to tell other family members, don't let them in. And I was, I don't know about CPS, but they sure should have made a trip to Compton back in the 70s when I was growing up. But you acknowledge the anger. How did I? Yes. Yes. Not just well, being told, n- but to just acknowledge it. How would you give someone some knowledge of believe it? Accept it. It's coming from somewhere. People everybody can't be Well, I think I think you just like even even myself. Well, that's the only one I can use as an example, you know, but like, I didn't like how I, how I really recognized it is that like, <laughs> well, I guess I got to say it like this. I, I, I think my breaking point, and, and I don't know, I don't want to go into like really great detail because everybody's uh, experiences are different. You know, my mother passed away uh, about a year and a half ago. And so I really found my fam not not my wife and children, but my brothers and sisters. I found the real them when my mother passed away, and it wasn't it wasn't about you know we, we've always had like an estranged relationship, but when my mother passed away, it it almost seemed to me uh, that they cleaned that house out before she hit the ground. You know what I mean? I mean, it was, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the secrets that came out after my mother passed away was just, I mean, it was like somebody hit me with a bat, you know? And so that was a real like anger, real anger. And so for me, how I dealt with it is kind of went, real deep inside. And the best way I can explain it is kind of like an onion <laughs> because an onion yeah. has a lot of layers to it. Yeah. And so the, the first layer is kind of like lashing out, you know, you know, whether you're saying words or whatever, hitting your hand down on the table, whatever. And so I kind of worked my way back with this thing because it was, you know, how your chest hurts and you're raising your blood mm-hmm. pressure and you're turning red and everything like that. And I, I kind of took it all the way back from there. And I, I just said to myself, I just said, I finally just said it like this. I said, you know what? I am not in control of this. I can't control anybody else. And I finally just said, I, I don't live anybody else's life. And I, I, I am just done. And I finally just said, when I finally had enough of it, and I said, I, I, I'm, do- I'm done. And I think that's a, that was kind of like the teetering point for me. And mm-hmm. so, but what led up to that it all the way back, you know, cause I, I grew up, you know, in the sixties and in the early seventies is when I was growing up. And so when I, you know, it, it, when you, when you, uh, I, 
I wish somebody would would ask me a direct question. You know, about <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This but, is a direct question because it helps a lot of people. And I'm going to tell you, Precious predicament, Precious was my mother's nickname. And that's where I went to in 2008, a breast cancer. Oh, my God. And I only have three kids, but I'm the oldest of three. She has three girls. So I experienced what you're talking about. But one of the things I had to realize also is a lot of my anger and their anger are childhood, which was the result of her. And when she passed, we all dealt with it differently. And that was the root of my anger. And I remember yeah. saying, you will not hurt me no more. I am not going to be holding on to this. And what I did was internalized it where my sister would dream, another sister would do something else. And I was just angry. And I would fight when I was a kid. And People said I was mean. I didn't know I was. I didn't know how to acknowledge it. I didn't blame her, but it got to the point to where I had to forgive her because she didn't know any better, and she was a woman, beautiful, but was angry. And it was kind of hard to process that. Right, right. And see, as as I like, I told you, you know, when I, I I would run away so many times, and I was in foster care. I was sleeping under Vidox. I was, I mean, it was crazy sleeping in cars and everything like that. And you know, in, in even though my life was very dysfunctional as I was growing up, today I would not trade that for anything. While mm-hmm. you're going through it, believe me, you wouldn't want to go through it. But today, but today, it's made me who I am because I, I, I've been married 35 years with my wife. I have a, a real good relationship with my children. Now, I'm not perfect by far, so I don't want to you know, get on some statue that I'm the best, whatever. But what I meant by that is I, I look at things differently. Before I open my mouth, to my children, I have that quick second, like, Ooh, you know, I better stop because, you know, I don't want to talk to my children like I was talked to. So before I punished my children, you know, time out or whatever, I didn't grab a belt. I didn't throw you down the stairs. I didn't whatever. And so when, you know, when, when I talk to my wife, I have to hold my tongue for a second because I didn't say the things like that. So, you know, so there's a lot of blessings that come out of that because it makes you a better person while you're going through the fire, it burns. But when you come out of that fire, you're a whole better person. So, you know, it's, it's not a joyful ride, but if you take that ride to the end and turn around and look back, you're going to drop to your knees and say, thank you. You know what? I do it all the time because growing up, I didn't know my name. I didn't know what I looked like. People would tell me to me when I was young. I'd be like, who is that? That's a beautiful young woman. My daughter was telling me, mom, I didn't even know. <laughs> when I was hearing my name be called, my name was Big Hope Cramp for so long. I was like, okay. You know, if my mother wasn't cussing that child and screaming, we was like, I'm old. Today, as a therapist, when people get mad or try to call me out my name, I laugh at them. I laugh at them. I'll never do Yeah. One time, got mad and called me the word. Call me this thing. So when we yeah. start talking about anger, we can try to hide under a rug, we can refuse to acknowledge it, but the problem is that the world inside eventually goes underground in our emotions and turns into bitterness, resentment towards the person we're angry with. You know, and, and I, you know, my condolences about your mom, but you know, a lot of times people you know, still got a lot of unresolved mommy and daddy issues, and they're no longer here, because it's like that, um, I like using that worksheet, the anger iceberg, because up under the anger is disappointment, resentment, unforgiveness, disgust, there's so many 
many other emotions that can be up under the anger, but yet many individuals are just focusing on the anger and not paying attention to the other emotions. Exactly. And, and, and an important thing, too, is... Which is the next thing is we have to set our will to forgive. No matter how hard yes. it is, we gotta learn that process. And in Corinthians three thirteen, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, only one has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave, so must you also do so. Now I lost my caller, your call up, you can call back in because I do enjoy speaking with you. But we have to learn how to forgive. And one thing is, a lot of times we want people to forgive us, but we don't want to forgive another. You can't ask for forgiveness, and then when it's your turn to forgive, you're like, mm, I don't want to forgive you. That hurts too bad. Because it is a choice. Now, the key to being able to forgive is understanding what forgiveness is. And no matter how we feel about the person, but making the hard commitment to no longer hold on to their offense against self. In effect, we make a decision, meaning forgiveness is a choice. It is a choice. And it is a choice. And not only is it that choice, we have to basically make that decision to release them from the moral debt they owe us because of whatever they done to us. And after that decision, it doesn't depend on how we happen to be feeling towards the person. It's a commitment of the wheel. So a lot of times, you know, people say, but Jeanette, they really hurt me. Jeanette, they molested me. Jeanette, they, you know, I'm angry because my mother didn't protect me. I tell people sometimes your mother probably didn't know how to protect you. You know, maybe the other person may be going through some things too. So we have to not punish them for what they've done because if we punish them, we actually punish ourselves. And that's what happens. And then the third thing is we have to pray the power of forgiveness. Meaning once we make the decision to forgive, we need to take action to put that commitment to effect. A lot of times we use a lot of service, but we don't like to follow through. And in Acts 7, 59 to 60, and they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And in 60, then he kneeled down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Now, when we declare to God our decision to forgive the person, who hurt us, we recognize that that is primary to him that our commitment is made. Meaning we're not forgiving just that person and we're letting it go. We turn it over to God. Lord, we, we forgive. And the problem is that in biblical terms, we establish a covenant of forgiveness with God. Knowing his declaration that once such a covenant has been put into effect, it cannot be. And that's even in Galatians 3.15. From that point, our forgiveness of the offender is a spiritual reality. No matter how we might happen to be feeling about the person in any particular time, the fact that we have given him or her means we will treat them as forgiven. And that's hard. I tell people, we can't choose who we are related to, but we can choose to decide to associate and affiliate ourselves with it. So I will never tell a person that if you know that this person hurts you and you know that this is this person's character, because there are some evildoers out there. There are some people that are mean-spirited. There are some individuals that are hurt and will purposefully hurt another Stay away from individuals like that. Don't put yourself in harm's way. Use wisdom. but Because you don't have to keep telling the same person over and over and over again, I forgive you. you. This is who this person is. You can't do anything about that. So sometimes you have to leave them alone, get out of God's way, and be safe. 
Another thing is, and it talks about, ask God to help you deal with your angry feelings. Sometimes going to a therapist, because I've talked to many people over the 20 years that I've been doing therapy, and some individuals, I know they don't want to have to say. I can pretty much pick up based on the way they've been handling things. They're going to keep doing what they want to do. I can't stop them. And they may, you may not be telling them what they want to hear. But the thing is, when they go to God to ask God to help you with your angry feelings, that makes a big difference. Because realistically, it often has to really forgive, especially when wounded or you suffered a really deep one. Because I know some things, people have had some things, even myself. I've had some things. I used to be like, Lord, if I ever see this person, I'm going to beat out of them. And I realized then that me getting mad when I beat the heck out of them wasn't going to fix the situation, nor was it going to change it, because some people, they'll up and be like, okay, well, you paid. No, that wasn't good enough. So we got to remember God is gracious. And what individuals, even believers, have discovered is we believers have discovered that when we make a heart commitment to forgive, God can bring our feelings into line with the reality of that forgiveness. And Proverbs 16, 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. And we talked about that earlier in the show. And when we start talking about that with God's help, God can take that turmoil that we're feeling and the emotions to God in our prayer, and he promised to replace that turmoil with his peace. Because that's really what we're looking for is peace. Because in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and by supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your life through Jesus Christ. Sometimes just, just working on letting it go. Another thing they talk about is refuse to keep thinking about the offense. A lot of times we don't want to let it go. We keep thinking about it, nightmares about it. We deal with PTSD about things that, pe- things that pe- people have done to us. If you or anybody else, when someone has done something deeply and unfairly or offended them, your mind keeps going back to it. But I tell individuals, what you don't want to do is keep picking out a staff. You don't want to go back to the same thing or that you feel that the person has done to you because you're not getting anywhere. And sometimes we fantasize about it, and sometimes we even think about ways to bring them back. Or that resentment just keeps billing, and, and you know, and it, it turns into strife, turns into a lot of different things. But we have to be careful with that. Because what happens is often individuals who find their thoughts continually running in that angry field that there's nothing that they can do to stop it. There is something you do to stop it. Because after all, they think they can't prevent such stuff from invading their mind. That's not true. The Bible says we can do this. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, unto, bringing every thought into captivity the obedience of Christ. When we start talking about bringing it into the obedience of Christ, meaning that, you know, that what God calls on us to do with our thoughts seems to be out of control. And we wonder how, how? It's like when we talk about losing a battle. We think we're giving up or we think that we're being weak. No, it's not. God answers the question as such in Philippians 4, 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, report. 
if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meaning some of that stuff is not even worth it. It really isn't. So those are some of the things that we can do. And some people say, well, Jeanette, I'm human. Well, Jeanette, I don't want to, mm-mm. Because we can control our anger. We really can. Acknowledging it, figuring out what to do about it. And those are just some of the, the biblical things of the steps that he gives us in regards to controlling our anger. And letting go of our anger when we've been hurt, like I said, is not easy. But if we put those biblical principles into practice, we'll be well on our way to controlling our anger rather than allowing it to control us. I will never forget growing up as a kid, my mother used to tell me, Jeanette, you know there's a whole lot of angry people in jail. And I used to be like, but I'm not And they did this to me, and they did that to me, and I'll plot, and I'll scheme, and I'll get on the roof, and I'll do probably get on the roof. Yeah, I get on the roof. I'll stand there with some water and some flour, and I'll set people up, and I'll do little things to people. And I did not realize that all I was really doing was hurting myself. And some of them, they never forgot some of them things that I've done to them. So we have to just be mindful of that. Now, when I'm talking about just, and I'm going over a lot of this information in regards to the research that I found, is that anger can block from our blessings. Anger can make individuals not even want to be around us. Anger can lead to not only relational issues, but it can cause mental health issues, and it can also cause us to have physical health issues, anxiety, strokes, heart attack, cancer. It's not worth it. It's really not worth it when we can find a way to deal with what we're dealing with or dealing with that issue or the incident or the offense that have occurred to us or happened to us, learning how to process it, learning how to let it go by releasing it and moving forward. I tell people best revenge is success. The best way to know that you've gotten over something is to not talk about it no more. Now, I'm looking at another article, and it goes into, like I said, with anger. We know that it's a universal human emotion. Nobody's going to escape it. But just because you can't escape it, it doesn't mean you don't have to acknowledge it. Use your words. Effective communication. You don't have to beat nobody down. You don't have to call nobody names. You don't have to remind them of what they've done to you. And you know, and I find that a lot even in marriages when we talk about or when it relates to infidel affairs. A lot of times people are hurt or they feel betrayed and they want the other person to know how they feel or feel their pain, it's not going to happen. If they apologize, if you see that they're doing it differently, if you want to maintain that relationship, that's up to you. But don't say, I forgive you, and now you want the right to punish them, meaning you want to be the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Because you're doing this, you're bringing all of this strife and malice into your home, and you have no peace, not even in your relationship. So when we start talking about these normal emotions and, you know, we're going to be hurt, we're going to be frustrated, we're going to be offended. If someone says something to us, if someone do things to us, if we feel that they disrespected us, if they promised us something and didn't do it. But again, the Bible has a lot to say about both positive and negative things about anger. And one of the things is, like I said, anger is dangerous. That's why it was laid up on my heart to talk about this, because we have individuals out here now that are acting a total fool. They have a sense of entitlement. They can do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want. People are dying. Why are you holding on to all of this stuff? Why are you acting out like this? We have to find other ways to regret our behavior. And the Bible warns us over and over and over that when we allow our anger to flow outside of its proper boundaries, 
it can be very destructive force. And, you know, and one goes into, and it talks about one example, is the very old appointed counsel from the Old Testament. And in that Proverbs 22, 24, 5, 25, make no friendship with an angry man. And with furious men, 25 least you learn his ways and set a snare. So if somebody come over my house and they mad and they upset and they out of control and they say, this person did, da, 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 come on, let's roll. I'm going to die, but I ain't dying like that. So by that same token, that person is out of control. That's how people get caught up in a lot of situations, trying to following someone that's angry. If they are out of control, now this whole situation can be out of control. So our anger can become a snare trapping us in resentment and bitterness. Now, with that being said, and when we are in the grips of those corrosions or those emotions, corrosive emotions, they can lead us into action words that are not only damaging to others, but are often destructive to our You know, there was a scene that sometimes they say it could take you 15 minutes to get into a situation and 15 years to get out of it. It ain't worth it. So not worth it. So when we start talking about it being dangerous, and a good biblical example was the dynamic of the story of Naaman and a man who almost allowed his anger to block him because that happened. And um, if you go into the Bible and you read about that, and according to Kings 5, he was a mighty man of valor, but a leaper. His wife had a servant girl who had come from Israel, and when the girl saw the affliction, she told her mistress about the prophet in Israel named Elijah, who could surely heal this individual's disease. But he was desperate to be healed, so sometimes we can block our own blessings. So that's just one thing that you can read in the Bible in regards to that. And another is when we start talking about not only that anger can get us in trouble. Proverbs 29:22, an angry man stares up strife, furious man about in aggression. And in fact, uncontrolled anger can cause to feel like a food, they act so out of control. And we always say that people lose control to gain control. That's not how you're going to gain control. Proverbs 14, 17a, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly. And Ecclesiastic 7, 49, do not hasten in your spirit to be angry and anger rests in the bosom of food. So we already know that anger is not meaning that there's nothing wrong with getting angry sometimes. In fact, God himself got angry as Jesus did. And in Psalms 711, God is not a judge and God is angry every day. So we just got to remember that the Bible teaches us that it is not our anger but our inappropriate responses. That leads us to sin. So we got to learn how to our emotions, regulate our emotions. Don't let anger, it shouldn't be that we're so easily aroused with anger. I tell them the fear to me is depression. It's something that I don't want to play with. I, I really don't. And I've learned that it don't do this, but eat you up. It's so not worth it. We can choose when we get angry, and when we won't. I use humor. A lot of times my son gets so mad at me because he'll try to piss me off and I'll start laughing. And he'll be like, well, Mom, it's not funny. It's, I ain't going to get you. You know, one of the things is, and I'm going to tell you something else when we talk about acting foolishly, if they video record you of how you acting, you'll be like, ooh, I don't know if I want everybody to see that. Anger has a God-designed purpose. Anger can be a force for God in our lives. When we interact, the key is that we learn to use our anger for the purpose 
for which God intended. So those are some of the ways of what we can look at it. And we all have emotions, all have feelings about something, but again, we don't have to respond inappropriately. So I would say if you're angry with someone, if you're having um, malice in your heart, take it to God. Learn to forgive. Life is short. Christmas is coming up. Many individuals may or may not be celebrating the holidays. It's up to you what you want to do. But don't be bitter. Be better. Don't be angry. Let some of that go so that you can be at peace, even with yourself. I tell people two things I don't want to do. I'm angry, and I don't want to die hungry, because that's going to be a problem. So, I want to thank you for joining me here at President's Blog Talk Radio. I appreciate you even being on Facebook. So, until the next show, remember you got this. Share this information. Click to subscribe. Join the group chat with the Precious Predicaments Blog Talk because I'm getting tired of be clicking and tagging people and all this other stuff. But if you have a you want me to talk about, inbox me and let me know. If you want to be a guest on the show, box me and let me know or give me a call. I'm open and thank you for listening. Bye-bye.